a little simple. Tonight, I'm going to be doing something different. I'll be reading the Spiderwick Chronicles, and I'm afraid I won't be interacting with chat for these things. I'll just be reading so people can maybe go to bed with my voice. Let's get started. Chapter 1 in which the Grace children get acquainted with their new home. If someone had asked Jared Grace what jobs his brother and sister would have when they grew up, he would have had no trouble replying. He would have said that his brother Simon would either be a veterinarian or a lion tamer. He would have said that his sister Mallory would either be an Olympic fencer or in jail for stabbing someone with a sword. But he could not say what job he would have to grow up to have, not that anyone asked him. Not that anyone asked his opinion on anything at all. The new house, for instance, Jared Grace looked up at it and squinted. Maybe it would look better blurry. It's a shack, Mallory said, getting out of the station wagon. It wasn't really, though. It was more like a dozen shacks had been piled on top of one another. There were seven. Sh- there were several chimneys, and the whole thing was topped off by a string of iron fence sitting on the top of the roof, particularly Garnish Hat. It's not so bad, their mother said with a smile that looked only slightly forced. It's Victorian. Simon, Jared's identical twin, didn't look upset. He was probably thinking of all the animals he could now have. Actually, considering what he'd packed into their tiny bedroom in New York, Jared figured uh, it would take a lot more rabbits and hedgehogs and whatever else out to satisfy Simon. Come on, Jared, Simon called. Jared realized that they had all crossed to the front steps and he was alone on the lawn staring at the house. The doors were faded gray, worn with age. The only traces of paint were interdermic cream stuck deep inside crevices and around the hinges. A rusted ram's head door knocker uh, hung from a single heavy nail at its center. Their mother fit a jagged key into the lock, turned it, and shoved hard with her shoulder. The door opened into a dim hallway. The only window was halfway up the stairs, and its stained glass planes gave the walls an eerie reddish glow. It's just like I remember, she said, smiling. Only crappier, said Mallory. Their mother sighed, but didn't otherwise respond. The hallway led into the dining room. A long table with faded water spots was the only piece of furniture. Their plaster ceiling was cracked in places and the chandelier hung from frayed wires. Why don't you three start bringing things in from the car, their mother said. And to here, Jared asked? Yes, and to there. Their mother put down her suitcase on the table, ignoring the interruption of dust. If your great aunt Lucinda hadn't let us stay, I don't know where... Uh, we would have gone. We should be grateful. None of them said anything. Try as he might, Jared didn't feel anything close to grateful. Ever since their dad moved out, everything had gone bad. He messed up at school, and the fading bruise over his left eye wouldn't let him forget. But this place, this place was the worst yet. Jared, his mother said as he turned to follow uh, Simon into the unloaded car. What? His mother waited until the other two were down the hall before she spoke. This is a chance for us to start over, for all of us, okay? 
Jared nodded grudgingly. He didn't need her to say the rest of it. But the only reason he had gotten kicked out of school was because they weren't moving away. Another reason he was supposed to be grateful, only he wasn't. Outside, Mallory had stacked two suitcases on top of a steamer trunk. I heard she's starving herself to death. Aunt Lucidia? She's just old, said Simon. Old and crazy. But Mallory shook her head. I heard Mom on the phone. She was telling Uncle Terrence that Aunt Lucy thinks a little man bring her food. What do you expect? She's in the nut house, Jared said. Mallory went on like she hadn't heard him. She told the doctors the food she got was better than anything they'd ever taste. You're making that up, Simon crawled into the backseat and opened up one of their suitcases. Mallory shrugged. If she dies, this place is going to get inherited by someone and we're going to have to move again. Maybe we can go back to the city, Jared said. Bad chance, said Simon. He took out a wad of tube socks. Oh no, Jeffrey and Lemon Job chewed their way loose. Mom told you not to bring the mice, Mallory said. She said you couldn't have normal animals now. If I let them go, they'd get stuck in a glue trap or something, said Simon, turning a sock inside out, one figure sticking out of a hole. Besides, you brought all your fencing junk. It's not junk, Mallory growled, and it's not alive. Shut up, Jared took a step towards his sister. Just because you've got one black eye doesn't mean I can't give you another, Mallory flipped her ponytail as she turned towards him. She shoved a heavy suitcase into his hands. Go ahead and carry that if you're so tough. Even though Jared knew he might be bigger and stronger than her someday, when she was 13 and he wasn't nine, it was hard to picture. Jared managed to lug the suitcase inside the door before he dropped it. He figured he could drag it the rest of the way if he had to and no one would be the wiser. Alone in the hallway of the house, However, Jared no longer remembered how to get to the dining room. Two different hallways split off this one, winding deep into the middle of the house. Mom, although he'd meant to call out loudly, his voice sounded very soft, even to himself. No answer. He took a tentative step and then another until the creak of a board under his feet stopped him. Just as he paused, something Inside the wall rustled. He could hear it, scrabbling upward until the sound disappeared past the ceiling. His heart beat hard against his chest. It's probably just a squirrel, he told himself. After all, the house looked like it was falling apart. Anything could be living inside. They'd be lucky if there wasn't a bear in the basement and birds all over the heating ducts. That was if the place even had heat. Mom, he said again. Even more faintly, then the door behind him opened and Simon came in, carrying mason jars with two bug-eyed gray mice in them. Mallory was right behind him, scrawling. I heard something, Jared said, in the wall. What? Simon asked. I, I don't know. J- Jared didn't want to admit that for a moment he thought it was a ghost. Probably, probably a squirrel. Simon looked at the wall with interest. Brocaded gold wallpaper hung limply, peeling and poking in places. You think so? In this house? I always wanted a squirrel. No one seemed to think that something in the walls was anything to worry about, so Jared didn't say anything more about it. But as he carried the suitcase to the dining room, 
Jared couldn't help thinking about their tiny apartment in New York and their family before the divorce. He wished there was some kind of grimmickery vacation and not real life. Chapter 2, in which two walls are explored by vastly different methods. The leaks in the roof made all but three of the upstairs bedroom floors dangerously rotted. Their mother got one, Mallory got another, and Jared and Simon were left to share the third. By the time they were done unpacking, the dressers and nightstands on Simon's side of the room were covered in glass tanks. A few were filled with fish, the rest were crammed with mice, lizards, and other animals Simon had. Confined to the mud-furnished cages, their mother had told Simon he could bring everything but the mice. She thought they were disgusting because Simon had rescued them from a trap in Miss Leverty's downstairs apartment. She pretended to not notice he'd brought them anyway. Jared tossed and turned on the lumpy mattress, pressing the pillow down over his head. Like something was smothering him, but he couldn't sleep. He didn't mind sharing a room with Simon, but sharing a room with cages of animals that rustled, squeaked, and scratched was eerier than sleeping alone would have been. It made him think that the thing in the walls he'd share a room with, Simon and the critters in the city. But the animal noises had dimmed against the background of the cars and sirens and people. Here, everything was unfamiliar. The creak of hinges startled him into jerking upright. There was a figure in the doorway with a shapeless white gown and a long, dark hair. Jared slid off the bed so fast he didn't remember doing it. It's just me, the whispered, uh, the figure whispered. It was Mallory in a nightgown. I think I heard your squirrel. Jared stood up from the couch, trying to decide if moving so fast meant he was a chicken or if he just had good reflexes. Simon was snoring gently in the other bed. Mallory put her hands on her hips. Come on, it's not going to wait around for us to catch it. Jared shook his twin's shoulder. Simon, wake up. New pet. New pet. Simon twitched and groaned, trying to pull the covers over his head. Mallory laughed. Simon. Jared leaned in close, making his voice deliberately urgent. Squirrel! Squirrel! Simon opened his eyes and glared at them. I was sleeping. Mom went out to the store for milk and cereal, Mallory said, pulling the covers off him. She said I was supposed to keep an eye on you. We don't have much time before she gets back. The siblings crept along the dark hallways of their new house. Mallory was in the lead, walking a few paces and then stopping to listen. Every now and then, there would be a scratch or sound like small footprints inside the halls. The scuttering grew louder as they neared the kitchen and the kitchen sink. Jared could see a pan crusted with the remains of macaroni and cheese they had for dinner. I think it's there. Listen, Mallory whispered. The sound stopped completely. Mallory picked up a broom and held the wooden end like a baseball bat. I'm going to knock open the wall, she said. Mom is going to see the hole when she gets back, Jared said. And this house? She'll never notice. What if you hit the squirrel? Simon asked. You could hurt. Shh, Mallory said. She paddled across the floor in her bare feet and swung the broom handle at the wall. 
The blow broke through the plaster, scattering dust like flour, and settled in Mallory's hair, making her look even more ghostly. She reached into the hole uh, and broke off a chunk of the wall. Jared stepped closer. He could feel the hair on his arm stand up. Torn strips of cloth had been wadded up between the boards. As she snapped off more pieces, other things were revealed. The remains of curtains, bits of tattered silk and lace, straight pins poked into the wooded beams on either side, making the strange upward snaking. A doll's head lolled in one corner. Dead cockroaches were strung up like garlands. Tiny lead soldiers were metaled hands, melted hands were scattered across the planks like a fallen army. Jagged pieces of fuck, I can't read. Jagged pieces of mirror glittered from where they had been glued to an ancient gum. Mallory reached into the nest and took out a fencing metal. It was silver with thick blue ribbon. This is mine. The squirrel must have stolen it, said Simon. No, this is too weird, Jared said. Deanna Beckley had ferrets, and they used to steal her Barbie dolls, Simon replied. And a lot of animals like shiny things. But look, Jared pointed to the cockroaches. What ferret makes his own gross knickknacks? Let's pull this stuff out of here, Mallory said. Maybe if it doesn't have a nest, it'll be easier to keep out of the house. Jared hesitated. He didn't want to put his hands inside the wall and feel around. What if it was still in there and bit him? Maybe he didn't know much, but he really didn't think squirrels were normally this creepy. I don't think we should do that, he said. Mallory wasn't listening. She was probably busy dragging over a trash can. Simon started pulling out wads of musty cloth. There's no droppings either. That's strange. Simon dumped what he was holding and pulled out another handful. At the army men, he stopped. These are cool, aren't they, Jared? Jared had to nod. They'd be better with hands, though. Simon put several in the pocket of his pajamas. Simon? Jared asked. Have you ever heard of an animal like this? I mean, some of this stuff is really odd, you know. Like... This squirrel must have been as demented as Aunt Lucy. Yeah, it's really nuts, Simon said and giggled. Mallory groaned and suddenly went silent. I hear it again. What, Jared asked? The noise. Shh, it's over there. Quiet, Simon whispered. We're being quiet, Mallory hissed back. Shush, Jared said. The three of them crept over to where the sound came from, just as the noise itself changed. Instead of hearing the clatter of little claws scrabbling at the wood, they could clearly hear the scrape of nails on metal. Look, Simon bent down to touch a small sliding door into the wall. It's a dumbwaiter, Mallory said. Servants used it to send trays of breakfast and stuff upstairs. There must be another door like this in one of the bedrooms. That sounds like it's in the shaft, Jared said. Mallory leaned her whole body into the metal box. It's too small for me. One of you have to one of you is going to go in to go. Simon looked at her skeptically. I don't know. What if the ropes aren't that good anymore? It would just be a short fall, Mallory said, and the both of the boys locked 
looked at her in astonishment. Oh, fine, I'll go. Jared was pleased to find something Mallory couldn't do. She looked a little bit put out. Simon just looked worried. The inside was dirty and smelled like old wood. Jared folded his legs and bent his head forward. He fit, but only barely. Is the, the squirrel thing even still in the dumbwaiter shaft? Simon's voice sounded tiny and distant. I don't know, Jared said softly, listening to the echoes of his words. I don't hear anything. Mallory pulled the rope with a little jolt and some shaking. The dumbwaiter began to move Jared up inside the wall. Can you see anything? No, Jared called. He could hear scratching sound, but it was distant. It was completely black. Mallory wrenched the dumbwaiter back down. There's gotta be a light around here somewhere. She opened up a few drawers until she found a stub of a white candle and a mason jar. Turning the knob on the stove, she lit the wick off of one of the gas burners, dipped it in hot wax into the jar, and pressed the candle against it. Hold it in place. Here, Jared, hold this. Mallory, I don't even hear anything anymore, said Simon. Maybe it's hiding, said Mallory, and just yanked on the rope. Jared tried to tuck himself deeper into the dumbwaiter, but there was no room. He wanted to tell them that it was stupid and that he chickened out, but he said nothing. Instead, he let himself be raised into the darkness, holding the makeshift lantern. The metal box went up a few feet inside the wall. The light from the candle was a small halo, reflecting things radically. The squirrel thing could have been right next to him, almost touching him, and he wouldn't have noticed. I don't see anything. He called down, but he wasn't sure if anyone heard him. The ascent was slow. Jared felt like he couldn't breathe. His knees were pressing against his chest, and his feet were cramping from being bent so long. He wondered if the candle was being stuck up all the way, was sucking up all the available oxygen. Then, with a jerk, the dumbwaiter stopped. Something scraped against the metal box. It won't go any further, Mallory called up the chute. Do you see anything? No, said Jared. I think it's stuck. There was more scraping now, as there was something trying to claw through the top of the dumbwaiter. Jared yelped and tried to pound from the inside, hoping to frighten it off, just as suddenly the dumbwaiter slid up a few extra feet and came to a halt again, this time in a room dimly lit by moonlight in a single small window. Jared scrambled out of the box. I made it! I'm upstairs! The room had a low ceiling, and the walls were covered in bookshelves. Looking around, he realized there was no door. All of a sudden, Jared didn't know where he was anymore. I think that's it for the night. Those were two chapters of book one of Spiderwick, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles. I hope everyone has a great night and sleeps well. And remember... Even if someone else may not love you, I love you. Remember, you're amazing.